Hello, beautiful meathead hippie listeners. I am your host, Emily, and I am so grateful for you being here and just living the life that you are living, showing up, trying new things, being brave, evolving, giving yourself permission, forgiving self, (laughs) giving yourself grace. We're just all in it, you know, we're so in it. And I appreciate that this is something that can be shared and collective and not so isolating. And the more that I can be a voice that shares some of the ick and the yuck and the what the fuck, (laughs) uh, that I hope that I can do that so that it makes you remember or hopes in hopes that it helps you remember that we are not on our own island and we are all doing a really, really, really good job (laughs) with what we are changing with and how we're changing. So this is just a big intro to say, keep going and keep doing and keep believing and keep feeling and keep stopping when you need to, but also don't give up. It's also this big recognition of not giving up and believing in what you want and going for it and dreaming it. And this is very sun and Aquarius vibes, but it's so true. We did a new moon and Aquarius call for our membership and it was just so thick sitting on my chest, this resistance to map out or draw out or write down dreams or to dream big because I feel as if I have failed so much the last couple years. And that is so the story that I choose to write. If I feel as if I'm a failure and not accepting the process as exactly as it needs to be and every single turn that I took that didn't turn into something is leaving me exactly where I need to be. And we all experience that, this guilt and shame, and that's what this podcast really taps into in a way that I think is really resonant with where we're at. But I personally just... I'm so grateful for the ability to have the people in my life that are in my life and those who support me in just the most amazing ways that help remind me that nothing is a failure. Everything is exactly in divine timing. (laughs) And sometimes that's annoying because you just want things to happen. You want things to work. But when you really surrender and really let yourself just be a part of this crazy life and remembering that us creating is the only thing that matters and us in our biggest fullest expression whatever that looks like to you is the only way that other people will change not by diluting ourselves not by changing not by making it cookie cutter not by making it more accessible just by literally doing what your heart wants when you follow that, that's the magic. And I am just so grateful to be able to follow my heart right alongside you guys. Thank you for supporting in every single way that you do. If you are new to Meathead Hippie, I have lots of interviews and two of those interviews have been with Ethan Godwin. So he is my guest today, a dear friend. We have a couple that you could dig into about wellness and keto and high fat and low fat, but we talk about a little bit of everything, including carnivore diet and honey (laughs) and uh, 
yeah, enjoying the process and self-forgiveness. And I think outside of that, I really just want to share that if there's uh, support that you're needing, if there's community that you're needing, we have a lot of ways we can support you. You can check out our platform membership, which is a beautiful place for you to get lives. I do weekly tea times every Thursday morning that are recorded for you to watch at your own pace, but they're so fun to do live. And we have a lot of really great programming and membership offerings, including meditations through this membership. If you are an Empirica supplement subscriber, even if you're just subscribed to one or two products like your D3 K2, because it's winter and everyone needs to be taking that, or our gut repair that's perfect for bloating or digestion issues, or omega-3s for some fatty acid balancing, or Detox Complete because it's the best plant-based protein I have ever tasted in my life. If you're subscribed as an Empirica subscriber, you get our platform membership for free as a huge thank you. And then my most recent beautiful, exciting thing that I can't get over is this build your own apothecary. So once a month, you can get a herb from me. You can learn all about the herb through a live tea time, all about the journey of the herb and the plant and the medicine and the people that grew the herbs, or if it was Mother Earth and Wild Harvested, just stories about how that happened and how you too can become a little medicine woman or medicine man. And it is just such an honor to bring back the tea company in this way because I think we all are curious about herbal medicine, but it's overwhelming. <laughs> and so using this model, one herb a month, full focus, you can integrate it into your life and learn all about it. And we'll do that every month. So that is all linked below. You can find that on herbalelement.com. And I am so so grateful for this beautiful life that has led me to where my feet are and as I learn to use my wings as much as my feet and my feet as much as my wings because we do need both I am just sending so much love and support to you and if there's things that we can support you in or if I can support you in whether you are a teacher or whether you are a healer or whether you are a creator or whether you are brand new and just looking for support in a way that is nurturing. There's so much that I have been grateful and honored to bring to life the last 12 years through meal plans and programs and my gym in Denver and the supplements. There's just support there for you if you need it. So please, please, please reach out support at platformdaily.com is the easiest way and you can find most of our things on platformdaily.com and from from there is up to you of whatever it is that you are looking to do just know that we are in full support we want you to just be be as big and bright and as beautiful as possible so whatever that looks like to you and whatever that is Whatever, however that feels to you, just go do it. <laughs> Don't overthink it. Just start doing it. Oh my God, everyone. Just go do it. Okay, here's Ethan. That was a long intro. Have a beautiful day and come back for some more Meathead Hippie soon. <laughs> I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate Meathead Hippie. Welcome to the show.
Ethan Godwin. Welcome to Meathead Hippie Podcast. Thank you. This is uh, your third appearance, I believe. Yep, number three. Lucky three. Okay, <laughs> I have a question for you. What is the most interesting new food that you have ate in the last month or two? Oh, man, there's a papaya sitting over here and I haven't had it yet. But if I was going to eat it today and that would definitely be it. Um, Love papaya. I think that's going to be it. The papaya, even though I haven't quite eaten it yet. I can't think of anything else. Oh, so food. Well, I was just at the I'm grocery store. such a creature store. of habit. <laughs> well, I was at the grocery store and I was looking. I feel like you always find these fun finds at grocery stores. And... Sprouts I'm the same. tends to have these weird fruits. I will say Sprouts has like really got the tropical fruit section going. It's so crazy how far fruit must travel. Yeah, no, I was kind of actually this papaya over here. Same story. It was probably super green. And like you think about fruit and the way fruit's supposed to be grown and fruit's supposed to ripen on the tree. And then you like harvest it or like falls off the tree onto the ground where you could actually get at it. And it makes you wonder if you actually get the same benefits from the fruit that when they harvest it and it's super green and probably a month early. It's a weird world we live in when food is so accessible, anything so accessible, you know, it's just quite crazy. But I do appreciate a papaya, a good papaya. There is nothing better. One I'm of the excited. newest things we would do last time I was in Maui, you would take the papaya take all those seeds out and fill those seeds up instead of the seeds it would be lilikoi oh what's lilikoi lilikoi is passion fruit okay that makes more sense you got these fancy names for the <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's got like you open it up it's super tangy it's got like bubble it looks like caviar <laughs> yeah i know kind of like little slime boogers yes totally <laughs> it's so bizarre but it's so good um, but I thought of you because I found this new thing called Pumfu, P-U-M-F-U, and it's pumpkin tofu, pumpkin seed tofu. So it's a tofu alternative made from 100% pumpkin seed. That's interesting. And yeah. does that have a decent amount of protein in it? Because I know there's a lot of protein powders that actually use like a pumpkin type thing now. Yeah, so it's... Uh, like a four ounce cube would have it's a, and it's kind of like a thick seitan tofu texture it's got 17 grams of protein it has 30 percent of your daily iron intake which i thought was really interesting because iron is it's obviously not hema iron but it's still a fantastic plant-based source of iron and no carb, basically like one gram of carb, but it does have 20 grams of fat. So it's like very high fat. Yeah, very yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. I wonder like if it has to stay cold. Yeah, I think so. Well, now you have me. I'm, I got a pound of force of nature meat and I'm just eating all this meat and organs. <laughs> so yes. now the, the pumpkin seed thing and seeds in general are sounding more and more just like something that is not anything I want to put in my body and like even mixed nuts, like. Uh, I would even say Brussels sprouts. Like I'm like two weeks sober on Brussels sprouts right now. <laughs> no Brussels. Um, and it just is an interesting experiment more than anything. I'll probably bring it back in, but it's yeah. intriguing. Well, that's why I love talking to you. We're always guinea pigging ourselves in some way. <laughs> and 
um, yeah, I was thinking of you and that type of like adventure food, like also talking about, we're so going to jump into van life because I lived in a van and I got to be Ethan for a couple weeks, which has been, you've had your van for how many years now? I was going to actually try to figure out the exact date. I think it's probably around five years now, a little over five years, maybe in different forms and shapes and versions. Totally. Yeah. And we, we've done some videos in your van and (laughs) van life on the go or being healthy on the go and mobility in the van and all the things, but Let's let's talk about your current guinea pigging experience that you are working on with your diet. Okay, so I'm about two weeks into this, and I am doing kind of like the it's Paul Saladino, the carnivore MD is kind of where I'm listening to most of it, uh, and it's just mostly out of intrigue and then thinking like, okay, well I've always thought like I went from standard American diet over to maybe like bodybuilding diet to now like paleo diet to then like the keto diet and then more now it's like the ancestral animal-based approach is what this would look like so that looks like hardly any vegetables um cucumbers zucchini is basically what i keep buying at the store over and over uh because those go um and even that grillo's brand that you turned me on to at one point they have uh it's like pickles grillo's pickles they're like fermented so they have pickle or no pickle de gallo which is a funny little thing but it's like pico de gallo made out of other pickles. <laughs> oh, that sounds so good. So now I'm doing like that and pork rinds and stuff like that. So a lot of this is all meat, fruit, and honey. So it's kind of like eating within those confines. And I've always loved honey and been like obsessed with raw honey. So that was Thanks. more, that was kind of what tipped the scale. Because they always started like carnivore only where you only eat meat. And I was like, ah, that really doesn't interest me hardly at all. And then I do think you're like my biking performance. I like to mountain bike. So super hard cardio activity and if you don't replenish any glycogen i just can't imagine you're going to be peak um but now i'm eating bananas again which i used to like shun i used to be like the keto guy that would shun bananas and all that and now it's just like understanding okay well you know bananas actually aren't doing anything bad to me um i'm eating them and i feel actually pretty good my energy is good and then what's really interesting is for me it's like my weight so like i used to always hover like around like 190 and I could come down to like the 180s, but now I'm like settling at like the 175 and below, which for me is really interesting just because I've eaten healthy for a long time. And yes, I've gone through periods where I like to eat sweets and probably overeat at night and everyone does. But you also go through periods where like you definitely are eating like on point for X amount of time. And then this didn't happen and this is two weeks. Uh, and then the last thing that's really got the intrigue, and I don't know what it is. I've had dry skin on my eyebrows and then like this little, like right here, I'm showing Emily because we're on video, but (laughs) like right here by my, kind of like a behind where your glasses would touch like that middle frame and under my mustache that I now have. And that is all cleared up in the past two weeks. So for me, that is the biggest interest of actually maybe continuing uh, versus like, oh, I lost some weight. That's cool. But like, I still like almond flour wraps and I still like you know the chips and different things that are made out of healthier ingredients I wonder what it was that was triggering that because it's not like you didn't have meat before with that you know that fatty acid profile because that's what I always think of with dandruff or dry skin it's usually an omega-3 imbalance but you've been pretty on point with that with your meat consumption yeah it's actually it's just the removal so it's, I've been eating all these same things. I've even been taking organs and pills before this. 
and it didn't clear up. It was actually just removing. I mean, I probably legitimately ate Brussels sprouts every single night. So if I think about that, it's like, well, that's probably not exactly what I should do just for variety's sake um, with any vegetable. And then looking at vegetables, not as the enemy by any means, but just like, what is their actual use in the human kind of bigger picture? Well, I appreciate your approach to the carnivore diet because I do know this is a thing (laughs) in a big way. And it's hard for me to have have a conversation about somebody (laughs) removing vegetables, obviously fruit. I love fruit. I love honey. I've always been proponents of both. And I think any diet that says not to have that is kind of bizarre because they are so from nature and ready, uh, readily available with insane amounts of shipping and exporting to get that papaya to you, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. With like absurd amounts of, um, behind the scenes things that happen to get our fruit to us. But I just, I think, uh, would you share with someone who is new to the carnivore diet, the idea, and maybe this is just me needing to go send Paul a text and say hello and get him on his podcast. I think that would be an amazing podcast first (laughs) off, just to go back and forth, especially because you're so into herbs and tea and all that right now. And you learn all the medicinal benefits, but sometimes it's like we almost as Americans always need medicine because we're actually like, we're always treating symptoms. We always do need that medicine to treat the symptoms. There's never been studies on optimal humans necessarily. And then seeing what doing all these things over and over. Um, But just in a gist, the, so what I'm doing is like you said, like meat, fruit, and honey. So it's not only meat, the carnivore approach. Like I think a lot of people, and I think if you were really sick and maybe you were just like at your wits end of trying different stuff, like this would be something that would probably make more sense because of the nutrients that are in organ meat more than just meat muscle meat itself. Um, but the vegetable thing I'm still stuck on it in a lot of ways, like you are, because it doesn't make sense with years and years and years of not only telling people to eat vegetables of getting great success for myself with vegetables, but I, it's like, do you don't know if it was like, was it the vegetables or was it like, I've always ate meat too. So like I've always been a proponent of both. Um, so it's taking out a lot of vegetables, like almost everything. Um, and then stuff like squash, it's actually considered like fruit because it's got seeds on the inside. So then that's still categorized as something you could eat with a cucumber actually being a fruit that would be really great for you. And then the raw honey thing kind of comes from, you know, he actually references whenever, if you would listen to his stuff, like the Hadza tribe or something like that, tribe in Africa, maybe, or South America, wherever they're at. But it's just following them and seeing like, what do they prize? Like, what do they actually find in nature? What do they eat? Um, And then kind of basing the philosophy around that in some regard, just like saying, here's the human. It probably didn't evolve to find broccoli out in the wild. And it wouldn't go on like something that I kind of chuckle, like it wouldn't go on a hunting mission to find broccoli. Like you're not going to get all the warriors together to go find broccoli. You're going to send them off to go kill a big animal. And like the best thing in their life would be to kill the biggest animal. So that's, mm. I mean, taking the vegetables out hurts. I, I get it. And they are it's delicious, well, especially I when you find air fryers or air fryers. <laughs> yeah. And I think the, the only thing I'll say, and I definitely want to dig into this with Paul is oxalates, right? High amount of protein content without taking care of our kidneys, whether that's hydration or using vegetables as a buffer, which is definitely what happens when we eat a lot of vegetables It helps with some of that flushing of the system. Uh, but also this idea that we cannot 
confine ourselves to be untriggered. You know, it's like the idea of, okay, best analogy I got right now. I go to Maui and everything's amazing. Maui is blissful. Maui is magic. It's full of all of these signs and scenarios and life is so good. And then I come to Denver and I get triggered and I, all the city is here and Wi-Fi is everywhere and towers and all of a sudden I'm overwhelmed. So I flee to Maui and I refuse to face my life in Denver because it has triggers. And so that's what I see some of these big, unless they're done in cycles. And I think if you're going to do it anytime, whether it's eat more meat or do carnivore, it does feel very wintry, you know? So Mm -hmm. it feels like a winter season, but I think when people are only doing that and then just like if they're only doing veganism or vegetarianism, we lose the ability to process some of these other foods completely. So I have, you know, just like knowing nutrient density comes from variety in all sorts of ways and how to make sure that we are replenishing any nutrient that might be depleted over time. And when we diversify, which is why we used to eat with the land, right? We, we didn't have to worry so much about grocery shopping and what to do. It was just available, what was there on the land. And that's what we ate. But I get it. I mean, I definitely know a lot of people are trying it, experimenting with it. And I just would always say, like, don't ever, just like any dogma, we don't ever want to be like, this is the answer. Because as soon as this is the answer, we tend to, you know, attach our identity and our belief system to it. And then when it's no longer the answer, if it doesn't fit, we have a hard time leaving it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's why I wanted to preface saying, like, I've been from the standard American to this one to this one, because every time I went from this one to this one, you feel like that one's the exact right thing. Even the standard American diet, that's just at the point of total ignorance where you just don't realize food could do anything to your body. And then it's just kind of those leapfrogs because, yeah, I don't, I actually could also better probably see the whole seasonal thing of like winter season, you eat basically meat. You just live on meat and organs because that's, that is the most nutrient rich thing you can preserve properly. And then once it comes to be spring and different seasons, then you're probably eating dandelion greens and things like that, that actually have purpose to cleanse your liver and different things and taste terrible and bitter, but you're only doing those seasonally. It's not like you do dandelion juice, maybe the whole year you do it for like very periodically or whatever it's going to be, or even celery juice, like celery doesn't necessarily grow in the winter. So it's like, you wouldn't be doing it that time. And then if there was excess stuff in celery or whatever vegetable that he's talking about, or being referenced then the other part like during the winter your body had time to like work through all that and kind of reset itself and then go back into the seasons Mm -hmm. it is a big old cycle it is a big old cycle and it's interesting to think about people who live in places with seasons versus no seasons and how that can really like change so much and I prefer summer all the time truth be told (laughs) so (laughs) I would love to be in summer all the time Uh, But it's when I'm in places like Maui or summer places, heat, the amount of fruit I eat is exponential, right? It's like a natural thing. So we're already doing it. We're already kind of gravitating towards those cycles. Well, okay. So you got a little bit of change in some of the skin. So like some inflammation has left, which is amazing. And Brussels sprouts are really hard to digest, right? So like that, you know, these are, those are, that makes sense. It totally makes sense. 
some of the vegetables that do cause that distension and bloating and you have to cook the shit out of them in order for them to to actually be broken down well. And that's the same with meat too. So I've been feeding Griff organ meat too, just to see if it's really affecting his persona, but also like, well, is is it persona or is it anima? Because person, persona feels like the root word person. (laughs) Katona, a cat tona. A cat personality. A cat personality, (laughs) but also his coat and seeing how that changes just Mm -hmm. his appearance and it's crazy i mean it is just incredible i'm so grateful that force of nature has those ancestral blends because it's something that is so intimidating for me to to just be like oh here's a liver okay (laughs) that's so that's my new goal i'm in sedona right now and tomorrow i want to go to the farmer's market and start that conversation with Whatever vendors are down there, because the vendors here, I do know, do grass-fed, grass-finished. So then it's just having the conversation of, like, can I get organ meat from you? Down to, like, maybe testicle. Like, I'm open to that one, but I'm just going to start with raw liver and just kind of work at it. Yeah, I think that's a good start. (laughs) That's a great start. Well, yeah, it was in Paul and I got to be at the Force of Nature, Nature event together where we harvested a turkey, and it was just so wonderful and important for me to do, but it it's it's just eating any meat is so sacred right any any time we get to take another life or we take another life i just want to have reverence for that and sometimes i think we get into like i get it like i eat meat i i'm a meat eater <laughs> and then today at the gym i coached the morning class and somebody was like i went to a restaurant last night and there was a neon sign that said meat sweats <laughs> like, what? oh my god it's like okay i get you know we don't have to necessarily pick a side although a lot of times we feel like we must like wear a badge of honor that we eat meat but it's pretty obvious when we eat meat or if we don't especially after three years of consistently eating meat or consistently not eating meat it's really obvious for somebody yeah. you know so i think it's just always remembering like this is still an animal that had to die you know like this is a sacred thing this is something that we have to eat the whole animal as much as we can so that we can pay respects and really not be wasteful because we are all too wasteful and just making sure that 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 piece of it isn't lost just because you know and this is i'm not saying because it has been lost in so many ways Yes. Because we just go to been. McDonald's and we want, not only do you not care about the animal, you want it in 30 seconds out the drive through window. I know. I know. Um, it's, it, there's so much work to be done, but that's okay. We're getting there and people are getting there. And well, I love that. And then what about the mental component? Um, anything mentally that's. I feel like you, I have a lot of energy. Thing? I haven't been drinking coffee. I actually was thinking about you earlier because I made decaf coffee. Just oh because God. I wanted something to like be warm because it's cold here. So I don't feel like I need coffee. I don't have any withdrawals whatsoever. Um, I'm starting to feel more flexible, which is interesting. I feel like a ninja on my bicycle. That's my best metric. I feel like that's probably the weight loss more than the actual eating this way necessarily, though. But that could just be the inflammation down. Um, you know, you never know. So many things. Well, how long are you going to be on this little experiment? Continue. I think I'm going to do a month. And then I'm going to start reincorporating and just see if it's any different. I love that. 
because you can also like mentally just will yourself into like once you try something new it's like well i used to get the siete you know chicharrone things or like whatever those cinnamon chips are and there's these things and those things so it was easier to overeat when there's more options so you don't know was it this actually removing like removing the vegetables or was it like oh those little you know, snack items are like even nuts and seeds, like taking out nuts and seeds. If you're someone who could like starts grabbing at nuts and seeds all the time, like, yeah, that makes sense that you would gain weight because that's a ton of calories. Mm -hmm. So it could be the removing of the vegetables or it could be just the whole, you know, only eating meat and a few things and eating tons of honey. I would say I'm eating an absurd amount of honey right now. <laughs> like I love honey so tablespoons, much. Uh, tablespoons. <laughs> Like maybe eight to 12 tablespoons a night. And like, I don't know how many you're supposed to do, but like, I'm just like. That is so addicted. much fructose. That's so I much I feel sugar, amazing. That's okay. I mean, I'm like. It's so strange. It is so strange, but it's also, I love honey Like, I too. feel like it's this so should be funny. getting me, like I should be going for diabetes with just a, a list level of honey. Oh no. Well, I mean, it's interesting that that's like your main, well, car the carbohydrate coming from fruit, but. It's definitely your main sugar source. So, and that's what I noticed too, you know, like in so many times, if I say I like had uh, a goal or something in mind and it was like, okay, I'm going to cut out wine. It was all of a sudden I was consuming more honey. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I'm now I'm cutting out coffee and wine. And then I, it was totally honey for me too. It was like, oh, honey in the morning. And I think, <laughs> like, I mean, I think about the people that would have come up across the honey hive, like a honey beehive or whatever. They're going to be eating like thousands of grams of sugar all at once. And I think there's something with honey that your body knows what to do with it. I mean, I've never, ever understood people who don't eat honey, even if you're <laughs> vegan, because it's just nature's best thing that is created. It's so amazing. It's well, so, so, so good. And even for when I really taught keto hard, and I still think keto is appropriately at the right times for certain people. If you were really, really low carb, though, always the thought would it be if you can't sleep, it's like eat a big tablespoon of honey right before you go to bed. And it worked for like everybody. Oh, yeah, their cortisol was finally like, Oh, I can relax. And then cool the melatonin was like, I've been waiting. So many <laughs> totally, totally. Well, that's so good. I love that you're experimenting. And I totally understand the um, what you said about the little chip here and a little snack here, mm -hmm. because I am not a moderator. Uh, my co-star today, my little astrology app that absolutely sucks. And I don't know why I open it up because it's literally it's like one time it said this week or last week, if someone's taking advantage of you, they are <laughs> or something dark and morbid. I'm like, why are you setting me up for this in my relationships? But today it said everything in moderation. I'm like, I don't do anything in moderation. I mean, I, I have gotten so much better. I'm not quite as big of a pendulum swing, but when I buy something sweet, like the other day we were talking and it was the first time I was like, I want something sweet. I went to natural grocers and I got a gluten, a box of gluten-free donuts, donut holes, and I ate all of them. Like it was just like a, for a family of five and I ate every single one of them within two hours. It was just like, I don't have this off switch when I have those things that are around me. 
it's I'm just all in like I'm I'm going all in with it and it was interesting because that night I it's because I probably haven't had sugar in a long time I slept so well and it wasn't like the sleep where it was a food coma and then poor sleep it was just good sleep but then you can totally tell if you do that more than one night it's no longer good sleep. It's like blood sugar up and down. You it's wake up hot. Sweating in the middle down. of the night. Yeah, you're yeah. sweating because your body's like, oh, we're real confused now. We don't have any, we, we're out of space for this. Yeah, and like 3 a.m., where's my other donut? I need I need more sugar. It's like, shoot. Oh, no. But it's so cool how fast our body can be flexible and how fast it adapts. And uh, it feels sometimes, I think, to people that it takes a long time and it does at a macro level, literally seeing change, but the mic at the micro level, the adaptations happen almost instantaneously. Yeah. It feels like. Hmm. Okay, let's talk about van life. So, Ethan, I got to stay in a van, and it was the most <laughs> fun I have ever had. It was such a freak accident, and it was definitely not an Ethan van because you have like a no. I out. I saw some Instagram stories. <laughs> Do you have a toilet and a shower? I got a hot water shower now. These are all, this is like the final form of this van, but hot water heater with a shower and you got to, you can have a urine diverting toilet so you can pee in it. Like you can be driving down the road and have like your passenger peeing in it and it just goes down into a tank during the road. And then if you do want to poop, I, you have to put a bag in there. That's a huge thing about living in the van is where do you poop? <laughs> Totally. Uh, that was the first thing is like, <laughs> I didn't have a shower. It's like, where do I poop and where do I shower? <laughs> and maybe like for a female, out. like a shiwi, if you have to pee in a bottle, I've never experienced these things, but I know they exist. <laughs> Contraptions so you can kind of connect them to bottles. That's a thing. Well, I mean, it was just the most fun. I just didn't know I would ever do van life, but I was supposed to go harvest a bunch of herb and I had all these extra bedrooms fall through and so I just put it out there to the universe of like I'll be taken care of and then almost within an hour somebody called and they said well we have a van and I'm like are you kidding me so the van life it was and I just think everyone should do this I'm such a big <laughs> fan of this idea of having all of your stuff with you at all times which for me is like probably the biggest pro i would say and oh yeah it supports the add brain hard it just like yeah. it, 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 instead of thinking like oh yeah like the washing machine it's in a whole different room so i like i don't see it i forget about it now you always like you visually see everything all the time so you remember everything based on those little cues yes okay so what what is your favorite part about van life what are some pros for you if someone's interested in this and then i'll share some of mine and then we'll go okay. through some of the cons yeah, biggest pros would be waking up in nature. I mean, getting to have like you're circulating continuous fresh air like through your space all night. And it's all night. I mean, granted, you're not in a big city, like you're out on BLM land or public lands, which for the most part, if you're if you're thinking about doing it, it's from like the Rockies west is where you're gonna find public lands. The more you go east, the less public land in there is, the more it's just private farms. That's that can come in the con section later. Um I, so being able to wake up wherever you want to, uh, being able to just like be like actually just be in nature. So you have enough time, like you're not, you're not traveling to go out on a hike or whatever. And then like, you have to go back to the city and go back home or wherever you're at. You're like, that's where you're going to stay. Um, that's, you know, you can kind of 
I don't know. There's just something to be in in nature that really just does it for me. Um, you get to go to a lot of different places and experience a lot of different things. So like it could be different cities. Like you go through Oregon and go through all these small towns and then like Idaho and you can kind of see where you might want to plant roots at some point. Cause I don't know that band life can be like an ever long forever thing for anybody. <laughs> I am sure I can be proven wrong there. Um, <laughs> but that would be well, I think my biggest first. Well, that everything's simple, simple. It is so simple. And that was honestly the only con was like getting rooted and getting grounded was a little hard because yeah. you definitely can do it in certain spaces where you really are isolated, where you don't have to worry about certain things. But that was like, I felt so safe. I feel like my van, her name is Martha. Do you, does your van have a name? My van actually doesn't have a name. You're welcome what? to have the podcast name the van. That's, that's, I'm open to this. <laughs> Gosh, how have you lived in it with no name? Well, you know, just I guess I I haven't named my mountain bike either. I think about it now. Uh, I just call it her. <laughs> okay. Well, she it's got a I mean, pronoun. <laughs> yeah, the pronoun is a good start, but a name might be might be helpful. I felt like it helped Martha and I bond in a way that <laughs> I really she wasn't needed. treating you right. You could still come back later and love on her. <laughs> yes, totally. Like when her door flew open on the middle of the highway i'm like martha come on you're better uh, than this <laughs> i'm treating i'm burning incense for you every night um but it was beautiful the bed was so comfy it was wood floors i had like all these fun lights like red light blue light neon mm -hmm. light uh surfboard you know the chairs a big cooler that you just those yeti coolers keep ice cold forever oh, yeah. so i would only need to change it out like every five or six days or something even not even that and i learned how to store vegetables in ice water which i didn't know there's this type of spinach i'm obsessed with in maui called bele spinach and it's super like a you know mucus the bad word of saying it but mucusy you know how it's got like all mm -hmm. this like kind of slimy, slimy. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes like an okra it sound almost. Yes. It's actually yeah. from a very similar family of hibiscus. So it's got that very mm. mucilaginous, mucilaginous. <laughs> what's the word? You know I what I mean? Know. Um, and it was so funny because I've never been able to store it. So as soon as you pick it from the tree, you have to eat it or it just goes bad and wilts. But through this process, I learned that putting it in ice water, it lasts perfectly for like six days it looks like you just pulled it off of the tree so that was fun because i had a blender so i could make my <laughs> detox complete smoothies every day and it was like it was and so, so rattles and really you were adapting to a lot more things than i have to at this point like at first i had to do similar things with like the cooler now i have something that just runs off solar and it's a, a like an electric fridge so I have zero ice water, no changing of the ice whatsoever. And I can actually have a freezer compartment. So I can have like, I do love ice cream. That's going to be a part of this animal based thing. We'll have to figure out. <laughs> um, but like you could have ice cream, you could have, you know, you could freeze meat and bacon, whatever you want to do in there kind of thing. Um, so, so what that, was your kitchen set up? So I have like a little single burner stove that I can pull down and put anywhere or I can cook outside, which sometimes I like to do. Just like if you pull up to a campsite and have like a picnic table, sometimes it's nice just to cook outside. Or if you're cooking something like bacon or seafood, something that could smell a lot. Like if it's in your sm small space, it won't come out of there for a little bit. Um, so you can cook that outside. And then 
I just have like a whole bunch of utensils and then different pans. So I have like a cast iron pan, a uh, little tiny nonstick pan for like making eggs just so I don't have to, cause you only have so much water. So like, yeah, you can clean eggs off a of cast iron, but like you need a lot of water. So it's yeah. like, you're trying to minimize everything. And then that nonstick can be for like reheating food and then you can wipe it out when it's hot. Or before I had the sink and running water, you could dribble a little like water in the pan once you finish cooking and like when it's still hot and that would evaporate and then that kind of gets the heat and then you wipe that out with a paper towel so you kind of get creative in that regard and then one little saucepan for used to be for boiling water I finally have the battery capabilities in my van where I can do a hot water kettle because that draws like a ton of power um that was the one thing I was missing was I would have to a hot go water in. kettle yes I wanted to have tea time so I would make I would go get hot water, but like, oh, that was. So if you had a little, little propane burner, that you just got to have a. I did like make your coffee with the saucepan forever, boiling the water. It's just that's a lot of steps. Like you're spending like a half hour in the morning making coffee when it's like you gotta. Which that's another part of van life I like because like you kind of can do that. Like most people have a commute. Mm -hmm. I don't have a commute. I'm working on my phone, so it's like you can get started whenever you need to, and you don't have a yard to take care of. There's like you know different chores that don't really exist in van life. Um, they give you a lot more time back to then just experience nature where you're at. So true. It was so interesting. So the first five days I didn't have headlights. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to park super early, which was so good for me because it made that sure good. that I was in one place for at least 12 hours, right? Because the sun wouldn't be up bright enough until 6.30 or 7 in the next morning. And it just like I was planted, you know, so that was really good for me. I think the first five days, because it like really got me to just pick a spot and stay there. Um, although there could have been, thank God I like put Reiki around the van and like, I was like, <laughs> okay, we're going to just have a bubble every night. We're going to meditate. It's all going to be good. And it all worked out perfectly, but like, nobody was going to mess with Martha. Like Martha was a tank. Like we have just like, you, I mean, the pictures are just like, you just, nobody's going to think that, that that it was just perfect. It's inconspicuous. It so, yeah, it was wonderful. And she kind of like blended in. She was like camouflage with her colors. But my favorite night was when I would um, parallel park to the beach. And so my view is just the beach, nothing else, no, no road, no lights, no anything. It wasn't even a parking lot. It was just like looking out the window and all I saw was the beach and the horizon on the beach. And that to me was like, holy shit, I love van life. Yeah, I got to spend Thanksgiving just looking at the ocean, watching the sunset, like eating dinner. And it was little moments like that. They really are choice. And you can't do, you can't create those without having a mobile vehicle with a whole cooking setup and stuff like that, which there's, I mean, people do have it in trucks and stuff with rooftop tents and stuff. So you can do it different ways, but definitely having nature as your kind of backdrop or being immersed in it for yep. certain moments. You can't beat them. You really can't. You really can't. So I would like to rent your bougie van. Can I rent <laughs> your bougie van? Oh my gosh. Can I borrow it? Yeah, we'll have to, we'll talk about it. We'll figure something okay, out sure. if you really want to. Oh, I'm so into it. Well, I definitely am coming to Sedona because, and I would love if you, you're, you said farmer's markets tomorrow. Yep. I want to know what kind of plants are in Sedona, what kind of herbs. Okay. Even though you're very, so if you see somebody selling tea or I, I, I have a feeling it's a lot of so tall and very similar to Joshua tree, probably as far assume. as 
It's yeah, a little bit I'm higher just... desert though. So okay. there's not as many cactuses in Sedona versus like uh, small shrub trees and stuff like that, manzanitas. Oh, I like small, but, so yeah, I, I bet there's some really beautiful medicinals that I would love to learn about. And then I'll come to the Sedona. Sure. And I'm sure there's some wild medicine women out here. And then all the help. all the above, honestly, when it gets to that category. <laughs> yes. Okay. Be the bridge. I'll get there and then we will learn all the things. That'll be so fun. Um, well, okay. And then I also just wanted to share a little bit or hear you talk about your own. I mean, you just, the reason I love having conversations with you and hopefully this is a mutual thing is that when you find someone who is always curious, it makes life more fun because when you do check-ins with each other, there's so much that has happened. And it's, it's this idea that in order to evolve, you must give yourself grace. There's no such thing as evolution without shedding guilt because guilt keeps us from evolving in ways that are so energetic and spiritual, but also so physical. But I love that you and I both are just always checkpoints with each other of where we're at, where we're going and, and allowing play with where we're going versus seeing it as like, I have to change something, right? It's more curious in that, yeah, that it's spirit. Yeah, it's like inviting it as an opportunity rather than like looking at it like a painful hardship or something like that. Right. So like your challenges, your opportunities. It's like, it's like a mindset switch that you have to make that, yeah, it's not always that the challenges are any fun whatsoever, but if they weren't there, then you probably wouldn't get to the next place, which is where whatever life force is out there is trying to kind of push you, that kind of just nurture you and kind of corral you into it. Totally. So that is my question to you is as we are all humans evolving and learning and growing, how do you, or is there any advice or tips besides what you just said, which was beautiful of figuring out how to help people be more curious and explore more with a little less pressure on the outcome? So something I did, just an exercise maybe that people could do if you're feeling this or this resonates in any way is you just get a blank piece of paper and you just write, I forgive myself and then whatever it is. And you just keep going and going and going and going. And then once you just kind of stop, like don't stop because you want to look over your phone and two minutes, like probably 30 seconds into it, you might glance at your phone. You want to pick it up because that that's like the pull of distraction. Um, you just sit there for like, I forgive myself. And it could be for anything. Like I forgive myself for not showing up earlier to whatever meeting, or I forgive myself for this or that, or I forgive myself for eating bad last night or like all of those things. And then you just take the piece of paper and then you just go, don't start a forest fire, but go light it on fire. I did this in a grill um, to keep it nice and contained. But just doing that exercise for me was just something I've never done before. I was never taught to do any of this like emotional type work or anything like that. So now that's, you know, the animal based things really cool. What's a lot cooler in my life right now would be kind of checking in with emotions and really figuring out what patterns that I'm playing out and where I'm seeing myself as the common denominator versus trying to blame the other person or whatever it be, kind of whatever your circumstance you kind of come into. So it's like, where can I take responsibility? And then where can I also um, nurture more of my own voice? So it's like, I just listened to something that said giving birth to your voice. And I was like, honestly, for so many people, they really, it's like, it's going to be that hard. Like you, it's like labor kind of thing because you've repressed your voice for so long and even 
So like right now in the world with what's going on, it's like, I know that I repress my voice about a lot of things just because I don't want to have to talk about those things. I'd rather not have to get in some kind of like what I had in my head as like a confrontation when in reality, it's a conversation. So it's like, it's keep analyzing like, okay, I get triggered because I don't want to share this stance that I have with a family member or whatever. When it's really, it's like, if I never do that, I'm just actually creating separation. And it's once I do it, then you can at least start to kind of inch towards each other and see like, where does, you know, where do you actually kind of find relatability? Because my beliefs are probably not that crazy from someone else's. It's just, they don't understand how I got to mine and I don't necessarily understand how they got to theirs. I love the forgiveness. That's what I've been working on so much is self-forgiveness because that is like all heart chakra. And when we're looking at how we expand and how we grow and how we connect, which is all that's needed right now, like this desperation to find connection with people that are, that are full of depth, right? This like longing for something that's deeper, which I'm so grateful for because I think that's the human experience that we have already lost. And so now there's this little bit more figuring out how that intertwines with everyone's day-to-day life. And is it missing? And if you feel like you're longing for it, then finding it. But this idea that none of that actually happens, that heart opening can't happen to its fullest extent, and it can't be matched by people that you're really craving because of this forgiveness that's needed and this kind of internal yeah, this pain, this, um, this idea of like almost it's very connected to grief. I think in many ways where and like shame, I think shame is kind of in that same. For like, sure. Cause when you don't forgive, what are you doing? You're just creating a bucket of shame. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's so what you said too, about the distraction mechanisms that our brain, our monkey mind likes to mm. do and <laughs> It's just like, we just got to let ourselves cry. We got to let ourselves mm-hmm. mourn and weep. And I totally did that in the bathtub the other day. I just <laughs> wept. It was like sobbing and I couldn't even like stop it, but I didn't want to stop it because I knew it would get something out that needed to get out. And I'm so grateful that it happened because sometimes it takes like, you know, a sappy movie or a song or the the burning of a paper to kind of open that up and mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that a lot with like the bird meditations and how we have these archetypes of bird and this bird quiz and this medicine, but it's not necessarily the answer to just do the sound bath or to just do the breath work or to just do the meditation. It's the opening that happens after it's, it's putting yourself through something that you might have resistance to and letting that medicine match that and move it. And then figuring out what space did that create so that we can feel and dig in. And like, it's work, it's mm-hmm. dedication. It's not easy to not, I mean, it's easy to not meditate. It's, it's hard to consistently yeah. meditate, you know, because it's easy there's, to be distracted, especially now. Totally. Totally. And when I think of like the days that I want to do breath work where it's really easy for me and fun versus the days I don't want to and knowing like, okay, this is not just a cure-all when I do this breath work. I'm choosing, I'm actively choosing to be open to what comes through within the next 24 to 48 hours because of this type of connection that I'm providing and receiving. So just all, it's all really interesting that we're all on the same, the exact same journey, you know, in different Mm -hmm. degrees with different 
colors and different storylines, but very similar. And we look at, and that's, so it's, I, I have a mentor that always says it's the, it's the, it's a journey, not a destination. Like it's all the journey. Like there is no actual end to it. Um, so you just keep going, but we look from social media and all these things at destinations everywhere. And we keep thinking, oh, I'm going to get, hey, my journey is going to get to that destination. And then I'm going to be that person and happy because they're happy. And it's really, it's like, we just have to embrace the fact that anything we see on social media or wherever it is, it's just another person going through an experience in a journey. And you're probably seeing a very high highlight of their life, which they could have hundreds, they could have thousands, they could have whatever, because they're making choices to create those. Uh, they could also have all kinds of misery and all kinds of other things. And it's just like, we can't pass judgment on those things. Rather, we just have to understand like that's someone going through a journey. I'm going through my journey. I'm going to, you know, if you're feeling like you don't have purpose, it's like finding people that need or like you that need to go through your journey and then look back and kind of that's the people that you can actually help because it's real. It's authentic. It's something you've been through. You can't go help someone do something you've never done because that's that's the definition of like a fraud in my book. It's like, that's the, where there's kind of like a mishap kind of thing. Like you can't, it's incongruent. Uh, and, and that comes through not necessarily by the outcome of what the person is doing, but because of their own internal dialogue that's compartmentalizing mm -hmm. that, that imposter syndrome in a and, way that. Yeah. The more and the more I was going to say, just the more you compartmentalize it, it'll express out the body at some point. Yeah, it's all frequency. So People if you keep holding that in, it might look like you're an angry parent or person or whatever it is, but it's really it's you're just not speaking what's creating all that, you know, build up. Totally. Well, I mean, this is kind of important. I'll just share it because I never want people to just I think for whatever reason, because I have a podcast and because I'm pretty expressive with my voice <laughs> um it's just interesting that you said that because there's so many times in my life where just because I have helped someone in a certain format or, or in a certain way doesn't mean that I still know how to always continue mm -hmm. to help people and we talked about that a little bit too with purpose which is dependent on us helping other people so you said this on our call which was if I ever feel like really low or if I feel like I'm spending too many days um, kind of isolated or if I feel not in a good place, guaranteed it's because I need to go help someone. And, mm -hmm. and having that instantly bring back such love and nourishment for you because we are people who are meant to help. And oh, it's two, two, two right now in Denver. <laughs> That's so perfect. Oh my gosh. So don't it's, too. A it's the same time. <laughs> oh, it is same time, same same. Oh, well, yep. happy two two two, and that's so two 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 of it. It's like one is one is one because we are working on our wholeness, but one plus one, two people working on their wholeness two. equals two, and two Climbing is better the second than one. Mountain. Yes. Oh, I love that analogy so much, and so that was totally what I saw too. Ethan it was crazy after a phone call because you know my M that's in everything that I've done. Mm -hmm. um, that's mountain. It's a mountain. Yeah. So I, I was totally, there's first mountain and then there's a little triangle of some sort of initiation. <laughs> and then there's the second mountain. And I thought that was so appropriate for what you said of we climb the first mountain and then we come back, we get to climb the second mountain for yeah. other people. Yeah. The first one's for you. The second one's for them. Well, I'm still trying to figure out what my second mountain is and how to really help people. I still, you know, I, I don't want to overthink it because that's not where, anything blissful comes from but 
it is fun to just really see this doorway opening for a lot of people of seeing gifts and seeing what they can bring to the world and learning how to how to help and learning how to make sure that that is being expressed somehow without worrying so much about how to help it's it's like sometimes Mm -hmm. we worry so much about how do I help how do I be of service when it should just be who you are right it's like that's another conversation too that's really interesting to like like see that peeling back the layers of judgment that you hold and lack of giving yourself permission and lack of all the things that at one point you probably had and they just got covered up and buried totally totally yeah so I guess that would be my final question for you on this podcast because it's what I'm marinating on quite a bit is how do you want to show up for people or what's this is there any longing or something you're being pulled to more so um in this new stage that we're in in this 2022 body that we're living in so I think for me right now, I feel very compelled to get back to helping people just find whatever's going to make them feel better. To get, like, I like the idea of fat loss. I don't really want to coach fat loss because it's not, it's not really, people know what to eat a lot of times. There's so much content on how to do this to at least make some steps. It's how to get someone to do the first steps. It's how to like actually, you know, maybe, I don't know what that actually looks like. Um, but something that parallels that is like, I also want to do mountain bike coaching of some sort. So like figuring out mountain bike coaching, like the part of mountain bike coaching, I actually really like is watching someone scared shitless do something that they did not think they could do. And they just did it. And they are like, you see them still shaking and they're quivering and like they're, but their expression on their face, like everything is lit on like a hundred. And that's the same for like, I feel that same way there as I feel that with health and like, when you start like, it's not that you can change anyone. I think that's what I've wrestled with for the last handful of years is I want to change people. I want to change people. I now recognize I got to put myself out there more to show people why they should change because that's the only way they're actually going to want to make that step for themselves. So I think that's where I'm most excited is just to do more of putting me out there and this capacity, whatever capacity that looks like, Facebook lives, whatever, you know, whatever that resistance of you feel like scares you. And try to go into that more and more because I realized I told myself a story like this weight thing, like my own personal body weight, like I'm 190 pounds, but really 190 pounds would be my ideal body weight. If I had the amount of muscle, that would be what I want. <laughs> I got to go down to the actual body weight, what my body's resting out with this amount of muscle and then like actually enjoy the process of lifting weights again and doing different things that are going to get me strong and bigger. So it's, it's re-anchoring to basically the process. Um, for lack of a better term, and just knowing that the more you put yourself out there for the fact of wanting to help other people, not trying to make yourself look good and put yourself up on your pedestal higher, the more it'll just work out. And it's like you don't have to, I don't know, it's like its own antidepressant in itself. If you put yourself out there and you break through a challenge, you don't really get in a funk. It doesn't happen. Otherwise, if you, you know, i I work in something where you get a residual income and I can go very long periods of time being a recluse and still be able to be perfectly financially fine. That is a state of misery after a while. It's everyone's dream, but in so many ways, you will become miserable if you have all the money in the world and no friends and relationships and all of those things. And the earlier you can have whatever experience you need to have to learn that, the better. Because it's not going to be my experience that you're going to learn from it. I can tell you it, but it's not going to be that. You're going to have to have it at some point with something. 
And then it'll be, or it could be a life or death moment. And then all of a sudden it's like, I value everything. So it's, it's digging in, it's understanding that vulnerability is our superpower and whatever we're really resistant to is honestly what's probably going to give us the biggest breakthrough. Help, just sharing the voice more. That just was so like good. <laughs> I loved everything you said. That was so good. It's so good. The process. It's all process that never ends. And if you give up on the process, then you just regress again. Like everyone can get really big and strong, but you can also go right back to flabby. So it's like <laughs> sticking with that process. Yeah. And I like from the spiritual sense of like, you could be really connected and feel all the things, but very quickly get into the, the nitty gritty and, you know, the, the eight fears that people talk about of doubt and guilt and shame and jealousy or envy. And yeah, it's just so, life is so cool when we really get to experience it from the perspective of where we are, not where we want to be. And it's just beautiful to be able to be on this journey. And it's not easy at all, but I think it gets easier the more you lean into the process and not the expectation. Yeah. It's, a, it's like the simple, but not easy, but always worth it kind of thing or, and totally. always worth it. Totally. And always worth it. Uh, well, Ethan, is there anything else that we should share? This is so delightful to catch up with you. Mm, I don't know. I could keep going. You never know. <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't have anything right off hand. Uh, this is so great. I think it was a good little check-in. It's been um, so fun to have you on for a few times and kind of, we should maybe at some point listen to those first two and oh, see like <laughs> a little bit more of the journey. But uh, it's also like, I'm at the point where I don't want to look back at all. I know it's important to like recognize, but it's so when 2022 came, it was like, all right, here we are. Right? I think it's I, just, you know, they're authentic. So as long as you weren't trying to be someone you're not, then it's like, it doesn't really matter what's out there. As, and then it's like being congruent. Like I used to think keto was everything. Now I think keto is probably the best thing seasonally. So it's like just different. So it's like, you just kind of change your mindset on different things. Or just be open to a, like adapting and evolving into new information as it comes. Yeah, like me not having coffee anymore. I know, and I'm drinking decaf, and I don't have sweaty <laughs> armpits right now. And I'm like, actually, it's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like, yes, permission to change, permission to give yourself grace. And, and dream for things, because things are pretty yeah. easy to get, honestly, if you just keep showing up and keep showing up like the universe, wherever you like base back to life force, whatever you want to call it, it will support you in getting there. I totally but you will. have to surrender to it. I think that's the, that's the simple, but not easy or simple and not easy part. Right. It's right there. It's just us getting in the way. Cause we want to control it all. <laughs> Ugh, so true. Such a good lesson and a reminder for me. Well, I love you so much, Ethan. Thank you. Uh, People can find you on your Instagram at, is it still Nomad Entrepreneur? Or are you back no, to Ethan I changed, Godwin? No, I changed it up. So it's just Ethan M. Godwin. Godwin. So E-T-H-A-N-M, like in Michael, and then Godwin, G-O-D-W-I-N, so just one O. It's probably a picture of me biking or something if you look on there. Yes. Well, I love your little tips and tricks and all the things that you share. And 
it's just fun because you definitely have been through a journey. Like you're not, you know, it's, so there's a lot of people giving fitness advice, which is wonderful. We could all use it who haven't quite had the transformation you've had, but you've had a massive transformation internally and externally, externally because of the internal. And yep. I think that that's, um, it's just so badass because it's just, everything's possible. And we just so get in our way. We're the only ones that are getting in the way. So thank you for always bringing that energy into what you do. It is I felt. I appreciate you, Em. Thank you. Love you, friend. Love you too. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See ya.